When is a pandemic like a Palestinian? By Michaela Sahar. My father is as far from me as two people might be, as far as a national flag with nowhere to go, as far from me as the moon. When he saw Larissa Sansour's Palestinian astronaut anchor her flag on the moon, he wept. They've got nowhere else to put it, he said. There is art and there is life, but for Palestinians, this work is not magical realism. In March, before our separation in Melbourne is legislated, he says, Palestinians know they're not special. It could happen to you at any time. Over the months of our enforced absence, I return to this phrase. I wonder if a pandemic teaches other people this same lesson. If they wake into the knowledge that pandemics don't work by selection or care. Say a woman who witnesses a bombing at Rafa tells you that this kind of rocket could cut you in half. Does she mean you when she says it? Pandemics are as indiscriminate as aerial assaults on Gaza. At that scale, people are hardly people at all. It is too long since we have been understood as people. And now perhaps everyone else has felt what it is to be made minuscule. We experience Israel with the fear and uncertainty of a pandemic. Maybe in a pandemic, when a woman describes a bomb, you imagine after all that it could be you. Pandemics remind us of the artifice of borders, remind us that we share the same air and sky. A pandemic offers us some insight into life on Gaza time. The bombing of Gaza has become a certainty. I have heard that in Gaza, life is measured by the reality of bombing, interspersed by the fearfulness of bombings to come. Gaza was groomed by Israel as a place of criminality long before the cameras were turned its way. This occurred in the dark, as grooming does, while they smiled and shook our hands on the lawns of the White House. Israel always has an eye as to what photographs well. After the siege of the Church of the Nativity, 26 Palestinian men, described as militants, were exiled to Gaza. But if the militants were inside the church, with monks who remained to enforce their sanctuary, then who performed the siege? These answers are always obscured as they are reported in news and mediated by English. A map produced to remember the dead after Operation Protective Edge superimposed one place over another, Gaza inserted over Melbourne. My father and I live half of the length of Gaza apart by road. Right now, we live just as far as if we were residents of Gaza. It is more than 70 years since maps indicated time in Palestine. It is not the road or a river that divides us this year, but the impossibility of movement and our humility towards a pandemic in whose wake we appreciate that we are not special. Sometimes on the phone, I read my father's sections from Arabic for a shilling. I cannot speak Arabic, and Dad cannot speak Arabic without an interlocutor. There are fewer now, 
who can recall the dialect of Jerusalem in the year of his birth. We laugh over the entry at the dealers in oriental objects. We laugh at the men of his majesty's forces in the Middle East, for whom Stymatsky prepared the guide, saying, We have not yet seen any old pottery, and have you any carpets? We laugh at the quaint orientalism of the people who orientalised us. Achille Membe observes that in the wake of this calamity, many states will seek to fortify their borders in the hope of protecting themselves from the outside. He observes, they will also seek to conceal the constitutive violence that they continue to habitually direct at the most vulnerable. Israel does not wait for the pandemic to end. It begins dismantling field clinics for COVID testing in occupied Palestine. It seems Israel has been omniscient for so long that it believes it can control a pandemic as if it were a Palestinian. In dismantling clinics, Israel makes its own risk a certainty. Can a pandemic teach an oppressor that their lives and our deaths are connected? When Israel assaults Gaza from the sky, it warns the residents. This is important from a moral perspective, the morality it touts as each successive investigation of war crimes is made to die on the vine. One warning is called a knock on the roof, an innocuous linguistic disguise wrapped around small explosions. What choice do you make at 3am? asleep in your house at the sound of a knock on the roof. In Melbourne, a pandemic shrinks the horizon and formulates a paradox between our instinct to run and new boundaries around our lives. For Gazans, this is old news. For Gazans, there has been nowhere to run for more than 13 years. In Gaza, there is no right action. When you stay, you are stripped of civilian status the transformation that takes approximately 90 seconds. Israel's military doctrines are always transforming Palestinian bodies into hostile entities. Gazans are punished for Israel's failure to extinguish Palestinian identities. After 90 seconds, a resident is no longer a resident. After 90 seconds, even at 3am, a resident is no longer innocent. In six months, Melbourne has not lost half the number of Gazan civilians killed by Operation Protective Edge, which lasted not even one month. Today, I hear rain on my roof and on my father's down the phone line. We cannot see between the clouds where one ends and another begins. We will not see the moon tonight, I think, which often holds us together, although we are apart, under the same sky.